Welcome to Textination. Joining us is Dr. Valerie Crabtree, Chief of Psychosocial Services at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Thank you for joining us, Valerie. Thank you for having me. And what we're talking about is an interesting opinion piece that you had in Psychology Today and maybe beyond that as well. Uh, Advice for parents, what to tell their children or teach their children about uh, the coronavirus. Yes, uh, we found that it is such a challenging topic for parents to discuss with their children. Um, It's a complex topic, yet it impacts every aspect of our daily lives. And so we wanted to think about how we could help parents really um, have a conversation with their child in a way that their child could understand the information that could help the child understand why we have to take hygiene precautions and also think about ways to cope with all of these changes in our daily lives. A lot of parents may feel like, well, I don't want to expose my children to this. Uh, I don't want to talk to them about it and scare them. Yes, and I, I understand that feeling. I think it's important to keep in mind that children are very observant and they know that their lives aren't the same now. So they're not going to daycare or school. They're not going to their worship services or playing sports right now or other activities. And so even if we don't say out loud to them that something's going on, they know that something's going on. Um, And I think too, most adults are feeling a lot of negative emotions right now. They may be worried about getting ill, or they may be worried about not being able to work or their financial um, health at the time. And so children can pick up on those difficult emotions that adults are having. And so I think we have to acknowledge that the children do know that something is different. And many times the unknown is scarier than the known. So if we don't talk with our kids about what's different now and why, they are then left to fill in the gaps. And they have really active imaginations and can sometimes imagine things are far worse than they actually are. Yeah, they're noticing mom and dad are home and uh, grandma and grandpa aren't showing up very much or at all anymore. Right. So, so what do you tell the children? I mean, how do you, I guess it depends on the, on the age level and what the normal activities are. What's the best way for parents to talk to their kids about it? What should they say? Well, so I think you're right. It definitely does depend on the age of the child, how much they can understand about it. Uh, and each parent knows their own child, too. So some children thrive on as much information as possible. Some children, that's overwhelming for So we want to give them just enough for them to make sense of it and not give them extra information that may increase their anxiety. We put together at St. Jude a suite of resources for children that are available for download off the internet for free. Uh, One is a coloring book for young children about ages five or so to nine, and it explains coronavirus in very developmentally appropriate terms. It's relatively simplistic but accurate and explains what the virus is, why we need to wash our hands and cover our mouths. Um, it explains how we can cope if we're feeling like it's difficult to not go to school or do our other activities. And it's a way for the child to really engage with it as a coloring book. So it makes it more concrete and helps the child kind of self-direct the learning in that way. Then for older kids, tweens, we have an activity book that has more developmentally appropriate activities like crossword puzzles and things like that. 
uh, that explains the virus in a little bit more detail that children in that age group can understand, goes into a little more detail about the importance of hygiene and helping stop the spread of the coronavirus, and it then has some additional material in there of ways to cope with worries or the changes in our everyday lives. And then we have an online resources for teens and young adults that has a lot more complex information about the science behind the virus and transmission of the virus. Um, and also goes into more detail about things that are more developmentally appropriate for our older teens and young adults, like what if I was going to take the ACT, what if I was starting college, what if I need a job, and, you know, some of those um, concerns that don't really apply to a 10-year-old, for example, but are certainly at the forefront of our teenagers and young adults' minds. And so we tried to create these as different materials so that we were really targeting the needs of that age group, but also helping the parents facilitate a conversation with their kids in a way that's a little bit less threatening. And parents are also grappling with the issue, and I don't know if it comes into play here in what you're doing, uh, of how much screen time is is too much, because that that's it was a big part of the social life for the tweens and teens before, and now it's the entire life for many of them. It is. And, you know, I wish I had a good answer for that. I think um, I'm the parent of teens, actually. And so I can say just from my own experience that their entire lives, we've tried to be very mindful of how much screen time they get. And now that's really their only way of connecting with their peers. And, um, you know, at this developmental period for adolescents, social connectedness is so crucial for their development So it feels like you're kind of isolating them even more to not allow that screen time. So in my house, we have found that we are far more permissible about screen time than we ever have been before. And we try to balance that to some degree with expectations for getting some physical activity during the day. And, you know, even their schoolwork is online. So they're still in front of a screen when they're doing schoolwork, but at least it's a little bit more productive than being on the Xbox or FaceTime. Um, But, you know, and having household duties and responsibilities that they need to carry out too. And, you know, this is more me talking as a parent than a psychologist, but I think that given the extremely unusual circumstances that we're in, that's been a balance that has somewhat worked for us, just making sure that they have other responsibilities and things that they're doing, but we're certainly not putting the limits on their screen time that we have in the past. And when those teens or tweens say, hey, this isn't fair, I guess as a parent or or a psychologist, your response is what? Well, the response is, you're right, (laughs) because it's not. It's not fair. It's not fair for any of us that we're living like this right now. It's not fair for the people who are getting ill. It's not fair for the healthcare providers who are caring for these people who are ill and may not have the necessary personal protective equipment. It's not fair for people who are losing their jobs. Um, None of it's fair. And I think we have to be honest with our kids and say, you're right. This is not fair. This is not the childhood that we expected for you. This is not you know, the high school experience that we wanted. And it's not fair. And, and it makes it maybe tougher if they're getting limit. mixed messages, is it, I guess, I suppose, too. It does. It does. And I think one of the challenges, and I see this on kind of some discussion boards of parents, are that 
some parents are a little bit more lax about the physical or social distancing rules than other parents are. And I think that can get kind of heated between parents that if you're letting your child play with their five best friends or you're letting your teenager hang out with her two best friends and go drive around and go, you know, pick up food or whatever, then it puts more pressure on those parents who are being really restrictive about the social or physical distancing. Um, And I think for those children whose parents are being more restrictive, it feels even more unfair, (laughs) especially if they're on social media and see what other kids are out doing. It's harder. It is. Where can parents find the resources that you have? They're all downloadable from the Together by St. Jude website, and that is together.stjude.org. And if you type coronavirus into the search bar, a whole set of um, informational pieces will come up. There's the three downloadable um, activities for kids and teens, and there are also some um, electronic pieces there that are directed more at parents. Again, it's together.stjude.org. Dr. Valerie Crabtree, thank you so much for taking the time with us, and stay well. Thank you, you too. Now this. How many companies out there have continued to innovate when it comes to building a better radio? I'm Fred Fishkin, host of Textonation, and I'm here to tell you about the new CC SkyWave SSB radio from the wonderful people at C-Crane. Bob and his crew really love radio, and it shows in this new compact model that is packed with features. Beyond great AM and FM reception and sound, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. Listen to ham radio operators, aviation, and more. It's the radio you'll turn to every day and in emergencies. It will run for nearly three days on just two AA batteries. Pair the sleep timer with the new Soft Speaker 3, and you've got the perfect radio for your nightstand. Of course, it can wake you up too. Click on Crane at Textonation.com and put in the code Textonation for a free flashlight with your order. They love radio, and you'll love Crane.